Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who always podcast hands-free, Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 471. Detroit Draft Deep Dive. That's an alliteration for you. Uh, this is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for the best place on Reddit. You just haven't seen it yet. And I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff LeRiz Risden and the inimitable Emery Hunt football game plan himself. How are you guys doing today? Doing fine, man. I appreciate you guys bringing me on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to have you both. Emery, I'm so excited. I mean, we got to do this more than once a year. People are going to start talking. (laughs) It's good to have you. It's uh, great to have you on board. And uh, I can't wait to get into the the draft talk. And we'll talk about that today's show. We got a draft talk with Emery. Uh, We're going to talk about Jared Goff's lack of extension. We're going to talk about the mandatory voluntary workouts being voluntary, Uh, ball security, and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up for you. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Everybody's draft time hero, Emery Hunt, is here. Mr. Football Game Plan himself. Emery, thank you so much for joining. It is great to have you. Um, we've got a lot to talk about today and not a lot of time to get it in. So we're going to we're gonna roll with it. But I want to check and make sure you're good. Everything's great. Nothing's changed since last year. Everything's awesome, right? You're just just the, the prospects. <laughs> yep, just just mowing right along, man. All right, yeah, you've been you've been all just over the country. Just flip on CBS Sports Line, and you'll see Emery any, any time of day. All right. <laughs> he is all over the country. Uh, if you want to see somebody who does the homework on the uh, on the, on the prospects, it is Emery. He is deep. I mean, Shrine Game, Senior Bowl. He's still he's already at high schools checking out you know the guys the next year's prospects. My man Emery is all over this uh, football game plan. Check out his draft guide. I'll, I'll be referring to it while we're talking today. Uh, it's an amazing piece of work. He puts it out every week. It is one thousand and sixty five pages of hunka hunka burning football. Uh, every prospect ranked, graded, all the information you want all through all of them. A minimum of three games viewed live and or on film. Uh, best game, worst game, and the best and most intriguing matchup all worked out is part of the criteria of how he does the grading. Emery, this is this is absolutely a, an amazing piece of work. Every year I buy it, it is it's great, great stuff. And I don't I don't ask for a freebie because I know you'd never do that to your friends, right? You always you always pay to help help support the business, right? <laughs> but this is this is great work. I mean, you deserve every penny you get out of this. This is really really quality stuff. Well, I appreciate it. it, it listen, if you're going to go to eight All Star games and you know, want to do this part of the, the the football business. You know, if you want to be a draft analyst, it's the type of work you kind of have to do in order to do it uh, thoroughly. You know, whether you agree with rankings or whatnot, you know, you want to at least say, well, I know Emory's thorough. Whether I agree or not, I know he put in the work. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely you have. Folks, check it out. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide get yours today and i want to get into it because we have a lot going on the lions have a lot of picks this year they've they've made some moves uh a couple years prior we were pretty lean i think we had like a four or five pick year uh this year we've got a lot to go on two in the first two in the second a third two fifths and two sixths to work with um Let's just start with with quarterbacks overall, because there's a there's a there's a real divide in Lions Nation about quarterbacks. Risden is absolutely out on Jared Goff. <laughs> I think Jared Goff can get it done. <laughs> I think Jared Goff can get it done with the right people around him. Um, at the prospects, who amongst all the quarterbacks do you think is really like a plug and play best fit kind of guy, regardless of where he's going to go? For the Lions right now, if if the Lions decided we want to put all the treasure on the table and get our guy, who do you think they they chase down? Uh, listen, I can't answer that with one guy. 
I will say this class reminds me a lot of 2017, where I had Mahomes, Watson, or Watson, Mahomes, Kaiser with the same grade in that order. This one, I have Richardson, Young, and Stroud. So for me, any one of those guys can help you win right away and get you into the playoffs because they all win in different ways. You know, Richardson helps, you know, the dynamic part of it, maybe a little bit more uh, in line to help you with the deep passing game and your run game. Young gives you that that wow factor, that magic that you see from a Deshaun Watson, uh, that you see from a Russell Wilson. And Stroud gives you that golf plus ability. You know, a guy that has a stronger arm uh, than golf, but has better accuracy than golf and is a pocket passer with the ability to get himself out of harm's way at times. So he gives you the same things that, that golf gives you, but a little bit better. So for me, because they win in all different ways, it doesn't matter which way they go uh, because this is a pretty deep and talented roster, not a lot of holes. So it wouldn't surprise me to see the Lions package a few of these picks because there's not 16 or 12 spots on this roster uh, for rookies to fit in because they've done a great job the last couple of seasons. That's absolutely true. And Emory, I just want to bring this up. I had you on on the huge show when I was hosting last summer, and you brought up Anthony Richardson as your number one prospect then. And I'm curious as to what you saw over the season that made him stay there or maybe elevated him even in your eyes from his performance at Florida this past year, his first year as a starter. It was the fact that we saw him play with lesser talent at the skill position. You know, you kind of wish he kind of played on those teams that Emory Jones played on uh, with better receivers, a Elite yeah. tight end and Kyle Pitts, you know, it's a better running running game. I feel like right now Florida's trying to figure things out. They, Etienne should have been starting over Johnson, even though Johnson came from my Louisiana region Cajuns. I just felt like, you know, Etienne paired up with Richardson, gave them more explosiveness. Uh, so this year I looked at it and say, hey, I, I'm glad he got his reps in. He wasn't a catastrophe like many people make it out to be. People focus on uh, the completion percentage. But if you watch that Florida State game, and you watch the A&M game, you watch these games all throughout the season, outside of Pearsall, they dropped a lot of passes. So, I mean, and again, his deep ball accuracy is where it needs to be. We know about the athleticism, but he has really good footwork um, and pocket mobility. This dude can really play ball. um, And with the way the game is now, I think he's not as far off as people make him out to be. I would agree with that. I want to stick with Florida for a second. And you brought up, you are a Louisiana Raging Cajun. Osiris Torrance was a Raging Cajun. He transferred with Billy Napier, um, the new head coach of Florida, to Florida. Um, your thoughts on him from, from knowing him from being at Louisiana and into it. And uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion he's in contention for the, the, the Lions pick at number 18. And would you be okay with that? Would definitely be okay with it. I think he's a plug-and-play right guard right now. Um, he's my number two guard in the class, and he is a phenomenal talent. Uh, and it's crazy to think about that Cajuns offensive line that had, you know, Max Mitchell, Osiris Torrance, <laughs> Kevin Dotson, Robert Hunt. Insane, right? That's four NFL players That's right crazy. there. Um, so when you think about him and what he did at Florida, stepped in from the Sun Belt Conference, started at Florida, and dominated at Florida. So, yes, if his guard's in a guard, I'm all in. You know, people make a big deal about tackle prospects, but it's really about the guards and the centers. That spearheads your offense, and Osiris Torrance literally uh, can help you day one. I look at him how I looked at uh, Jonah Jackson when he was coming out. I felt very strongly about Jackson that he's a really good guard. I feel that strongly about Osiris Torrance. Interesting. And you do, and you think, certainly proved that. Do you think he runs, uh, he gets picked around that 18th spot? If it were me, absolutely. You know, if I wouldn't, if I were Philly, I wouldn't put it past Philly because they do a great job of, you know, building up front and keeping that covered stock with talent right. uh, for rotations and, and thinking down the line. You know, if you're Tennessee, I wouldn't put it past Tennessee. You know, so there's a lot of teams that could use a, a stellar guard, but everyone's focused on a tackle. But really, if you're not good up front on the interior, you're not going to be good at all. Let's talk about the guy that I kind of lean towards a little bit more, Darnell Wright. He's another guy that I feel like in the, in the Lions position, he can, he can walk in and play guard to start. And then you have a little bit of leverage when it comes time to talk about Taylor Decker's, uh, uh, his contract going forward. You, you just can move some things around. And, and, and Panay has shown that he can play left 
tackle. He's he did that incredibly well in his first year when he was he was kind of thrust into action there. Um, what's your thoughts on Darnell Wright as as an offensive player and uh, how he fits where he might land? You know, he's a, a a versatile guy. You talk about Sewell being able to play left and right, and the same thing with Darnell Wright being able to play uh, either tackle spot. And I feel like because of that flexibility and versatility. It gives you some some leeway. Same with Skaronsky. It gives you a little bit of leeway. Okay, we can try him out at tackle. If it doesn't work, we can kick him down inside. We know he can be good there. Uh, same with right. You've seen him play well at both spots. Um, can he play guard? That's going to be another question. But I feel like it's it's easier in, in knock on wood. I don't want to say moving one guy from tackle to guard is easy. Uh, but I feel like for guys that are solid at tackle, it's just mastering a tighter confined space is an easier transition uh, as opposed to guys that, that you know, aren't as talented on the, on the edge. Uh, and they say kick those guys down inside. So I feel like he would be a good one uh, regardless where he ends up and what position he plays. You just have to ask yourself how good of a left tackle he is if, you know, if you've planned on moving on from Decker. So that that's probably the discussion that, you know, if Detroit is going to go there, that's what they're having. Uh, because if a guy is elite at one, okay, yeah, he could you know entertain this position here, then we move him out to his natural spot. Or if he's just okay at one, then we move him in and he starts to be really good there. Why even bother pushing him out you know, on the edge again and being right. just okay when he was good on the interior? I got to ask you, I, I do not have your draft guide in front of me. It's on my phone, but unfortunately I'm using my phone to, to do this poll and I can't multitask very well. You do not have Bajan Robinson as your number one pick. And rather than focus on that, I want you to focus on the guy who is your number one running back in this class because I think he's criminally underappreciated. And while I don't share that he's number one, he's in my top 15 too. So go ahead and talk about that if you would. Well, that's what I don't understand. Folks say, oh, he's, you know, Bijan is number two. As if I said Bijan is the seventh round pick. Like, Right, right. Two players can be elite at the same time, you know. Like, and if <laughs> and to be honest, um, if I look at my since I put out a draft guide in 2020, if you look at from 2020 to now, Bijan ranks third in my highest graded running backs in that time, that four year time frame. Number one, Jameer Gibbs. Number two, DeAndre Swift, and number three, Bijan Robinson. So I like Bijan; he's excellent. I just like Jameer Gibbs more because to me, he does everything Bijan does, just a little bit more explosive. You know, so if you tell me Bijan runs four four six, cool. This guy runs four three six. If you tell me this guy can, you know, has good acceleration, well, this guy has great acceleration. If this guy stunk at Georgia Tech, but he was box office, the, the team stunk at Georgia Tech, and you know, he was must see TV, even though Georgia Tech's offense was trash, he was the elite player. You could put him on Bama. He was the elite player there on a stacked team. So I feel like, you know, if there's going to be one running back taken in the first round, there should be two. And Gibbs should be one because, you know, he's – he's you. I compared I'm with him, you. I compared him to Alvin Kamara. And folks said – somebody just recently on online, you know, was like, oh, that's like taking prime Alvin Kamara over prime Marsha Falk. And I'm like, who is Marsha Falk in the situation? And – because Bijan is not Marshall Falk at any level. High school, San Diego State, Colts, Rams. If anybody's closer to Marshall Falk, it would be Jameer Gibbs. So, again, I like Bijan Robinson. I think he's a first-round pick. He's an elite talent. I would take him if I needed a tailback, if I wanted to enhance my offense, because he has breakaway speed. He has the dual-threat capabilities that Jameer Gibbs has, but Jameer Gibbs just has it at a more explosive clip. What do you think? And you have Ty J Spears as your number four running back in the draft guide. And he really stood out at the senior bowl. I mean, his speed really, he, he elevated himself a great deal. Um, talk about what he did at the senior bowl for you versus everything else you saw, because I know he was, I, he wasn't as high on my list until I saw him. It was just similar for Darnell Wright. When I saw him at, at Senior Bowl and what he did against the competition there, he elevated himself a great deal in, in, in kind of my my evaluation. So I'm interested in what you thought of and what the Senior Bowl did for Ty J. Spears. Nothing for me because I was already uh, locked into what he did during the games, during the regular season. The Senior Bowl to me is, you know, that was just my first time seeing him live. Yeah. Um, but nothing he, I, again, it's hard to, 
look at the Senior Bowl after just watching what he did in the Cotton Bowl. After watching what he did, that, US, that the, USC game, man! Oh my goodness, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And just what he did in the AAC championship game, you know, against Central Florida, you know, he's been good all season long. So nothing he would have done, um, you know. Obviously, you just get to see how how he does in pass pro um, at the Senior Bowl. But outside of that, nothing he did shocked me or surprised me because he was already uh, that dude going in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Emory, I know we're up against the time for you. I, if I want to squeeze one more question, if you don't mind, uh, from the chat, who do you think the best day three inside offensive lineman is? Who's who's the guy we should be looking for? If the Lions don't go right at eight, at 18 or at six, they're probably going to do a little something different than, in you know, second round. Where do you think day three? What are they? What are we looking at there? I, I don't understand how no one is talking about um, Jordan McFadden out of Clemson who was a stud at left tackle all throughout his career at 6'2". So you know he's not going to play tackle. Why is he, isn't he? is he talked about as the guard that everybody should look for? I've heard, I haven't heard anything about um, Jordan McFadden. I think he's going to be a phenomenal guard. And whether that's day three, that's fine. You know, I would take him on day two. You know, I, I, I am just shocked that he is someone uh, that isn't getting a lot, a lot of love. Even Joey, um, uh, the kid from Shepard, uh, Fisher. Yeah. He was excellent at the NFLPA game against, you know, playing tackle against power five competition. Then you kick him, you you envision him going down inside, and he was someone that does a really good job there. I watched the game in grading um, uh, um, Tyler Tate, a defensive edge rusher. They had a really great week at the Tropical Bowl, the FCS Bowl, the College Gridiron Showcase. I graded his game against Shepard, and Fisher had his way with him, and Tate was someone – that's a stud, you know, a priority, priority free agent type guy. But Shepard is someone, the kid from Shepard, Fisher, is someone that I think could step in and, and be a nice day three selection for the Lions on the inside. That gives you a little bit of that, you know, tackle flexibility, although he's at 6'3", I believe, but he's going to be a guard uh, in the NFL. So I'm a big McFadden guy, and I'm also a big Joey Fisher guy from Shepard. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, Emery, like I said, I know we only had a certain amount of time with you. I appreciate you making uh, joining us. Don't forget, everyone, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Get your uh, football game plan draft guide, 1,065 pages of of great, great information. And uh, let's get a little more time after the draft, Emery, so you can do your victory lap. Uh, It'll be nice to talk about a lot of these guys and where they went, man. Before I before I leave, I gotta say I gotta give a huge shout out to the Lions fans because the support they showed me last year with the draft guide, tremendous. Like it was so many people from Michigan, so many Lions fans buying the guide and using the guide, uh, talking about the guide and talking about stuff they read in the guide. Kudos to those guys, man. I, I appreciate y'all. Y'all showed a, a, a ton of support. Uh, that meant a lot because, again, you put these things out and right, wrong, and different people will have their opinions. But the love that they showed and, and what they've been talking about, uh, you know, all throughout, nothing but respect for Lions fans. Yeah. And I, I guess I have to I can sneak this little piece in. Thank you, Emery, for letting us use some of your insights from the draft guide in our draft show, our live coverage, folks. Keep your eyes out for that. Uh, Emery's got some great, great content that, uh, that, he's, that might he's happen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we'll be back for the victory lap, okay, Emery? We'll we'll do this here again in like a month or so. We'll get back, get you back on and spend a little bit more time and and dive in and, and talk about outcomes and what what we can look forward to. Does that sound good? Sounds great. We'll just meet up at the NBA draft with Jeff's son. <laughs> he can, yeah, he can host. Riz, you're hosting. It's on his your son's contract. My man. Yeah, <laughs> Emery is the greatest. I, I I missed him at the the Shrine Bowl this year. We used to sit next to each other in the press box every year in St. Pete. We got to get back into that tradition out in Vegas now, my friend. We got to do it, man. I appreciate y'all, and I I miss seeing y'all out there on the road. Yeah, you too, Emery. All right, be well, and we'll talk to you again soon, bud. Have a good one, guys. All right, you too. All right, back to it. Emery Hunt. Woo, football game plan. Man, I wish we had a little bit more time with him, but he's got a lot going on. Of course, it's that busy time of year when when folks in this business have a few things to do. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we uh, we're we're a little busy. One of the reasons why we're going early today um, is because my week um, and the next next eight days of my life are pretty much nonstop planned out, almost to the minute. Yep. And uh, it's uh, it's fun. I'm glad we were able to get back together. Chris, it's been too long. 
We missed two weeks. I was in Houston for a week. You were traveling last week for work. We just couldn't make the schedules coordinate. Yeah. Uh, but we're here, and we got yeah. we a little bit of time left. Um, we got uh, at least some time. So I'm actually – let me explain why I'm in a weird spot and on my phone. Uh, my, my daughter is at volleyball practice. I had to run her around because my wife coaches my son's volleyball team that is playing. And uh, so I am holed up at the Holiday Inn in Cutlerville, Michigan, right off of uh, US 131 and 68th Street, which is about two minutes away from where Mozzie Smith grew up uh, and about five minutes away from when he went to high school. Uh, so uh, I am working remotely. I have a new camera. It, for whatever reason, the app that we do this on didn't like the camera or the microphone. Your camera so. looks great and we could hear you. You just couldn't hear us. So yeah, I think, we, I I think we'll figure that. Yeah, we, we, we we'll, can figure we'll, it out. We'll work but, on that. But you looked gorgeous, yeah. Jeff. You looked really good. I well, could tell you did you. your hair so today. We're, we're, and we, so we're going to get another shot at this. We're going to do, I'll spill the beans here early. We're going to do a mock draft Yeah. Uh, at some point this weekend. Uh, I will be doing it from a hotel room in Pittsburgh while my son <laughs> is playing in an, a, a massive AAU basketball tournament. Uh, but uh, we'll have I'll have a few hours because uh, they're going to win their first couple of games, and that means that they get some some buy time on Saturday, which would be great. Nice. And uh, so we'll we'll do, we'll do another mock draft before the draft time is over. And uh, I, I'm doing silly mock drafts right now. I'm I'm actually working very hard on the what I would do mock draft, Ooh. Uh, which will be three rounds for draft wire, and I will go the full seven rounds for Lions wire because the Lions. Wait, wait, so. seven rounds for the Lions wire, but only three rounds for the draft wire. That sounds backwards. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. That sounds backwards. <laughs> well, I don't have, so there's what, 259 picks. Yeah. I just don't have the time of day to write 259 blurbs. Um, so I, I give credit. Um, Jordan Reed from ESPN did one where he wrote comments for all 259 picks. Um, and God bless you, Jordan. Uh, and by the way, some of his Lions picks, we're not only like, like they made sense. They could actually happen, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. So this is one of those years. We're going to get into those, some other stuff quickly, but I'll preempt a couple of draft topics that I know are going on in the chat. Sure. Which, by the way, I can't see because normally I watch it on my phone, but I'm doing this on my phone. <laughs> uh, this year, uh, one of the one of the one of the pieces that I'm writing for the Draft Wire is an Ozzy Osbourne themed. Q&A, where I'm asking myself the questions and answering is Ozzy, using Ozzy song titles, I will just say the entire theme of this draft is, don't ask me, I don't know. And it's never been more true than ever before, because I still don't know who's going number one. Pretty good idea that it's going to be Bryce Young. I thought it was going to be Diary of a Madman, based in Houston. Well, I, have, I have that as well. That's one of the song titles that's in there. We have Fire in the Sky, we have Crazy Train, we have over the mountain, we have all kinds of fun stuff. Flying we have patient number again. nine from a guy, Brian Breesey, who's always hurt. Like we, we've got all this stuff coming on it. It's, it's going to be fun. And that, that's another one of the projects I'm working on. But at number six, if anybody tells you they have any certainty, I will just point back to the 2018 NFL draft when John Dorsey, who works for the Lions now, was running the Browns draft. And Browns embedded draft media did not know who was going to be the number one overall pick until about 16 hours before the actual draft. Don't be surprised if the same is true for the Detroit Lions this year with what's happening at number six or wherever they might move to. Um, I, I, I got to preface all Lions draft talk with that fact. Mm -hmm. um, don't I'll ask me. You, I don't know. I, I, I have you, good ideas. I have a, a pretty good inklings on, on how they feel on several players, but I don't know if that's going to be what they draft or not. And that's, that's the thing. Uh, the way that it was represented to me is this is a CIA operation. All the information is compartmentalized. You, you need to know what you need to know and you get to know nothing mo. That's it. It's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, and, and it, you know, I'm not even sure how much the individual scouts know about kind of cross across the lines. Um, this may all be in two or three people's heads. I'm going to say there's no more than eight or nine people that have insight into everything that's going on. It's it, the Detroit lions are 
very, very tight lipped and have run a are running a hell of a ship with this information right now. So it is almost all speculation. We know a lot of guys who are in there uh, have been in. We know how a lot of people are getting evaluated. We know a lot of what's going on, but we don't know. And nobody's hearing how that's translating. And if they're telling you they are, they aren't. <laughs> I'm right. telling you, they aren't. I, I've I've heard I've heard from some sources that I do respect and trust from inside the building and people that are directly affiliated with them how they feel on certain prospects. But mm-hmm. th- does that mean that they're going to take them? Does that mean that they're not going to take them at at X spot? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'd like well, to know. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's and that's that's the best part. I mean, that's what makes this so well done right like i said it's a cia compartmentalization compartmentalization op here in that people know things but they don't know everything so what they leak or what comes out may or may not be how things end up so it winds up with uh, a whole lot of opportunity for speculation but um and 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 it's going to be one of those things if like like if somebody tells you they know i am telling you right now that they're either going to get lucky or they're going to be wrong it, it it just it is not out there. I, 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 I I'm just I telling would agree you. with that. <laughs> I was just nope. in town. I'm telling you, <laughs> nobody knows. So anyway, let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, Jared Goff, and he has no extension, um, no contract extension at this point. <laughs> Love doing that. That's correct. <laughs> what does that mean, um, Jeff? This is a great question because uh, you know there's 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 a couple schools of thought. Uh, on on should they have could they have extended him a lot of really big contracts have been signed for quarterbacks a lot of guys have gotten paid um let me hear from you what's got paid yesterday yeah big (laughs) big time big time resetting the market everyone's resetting the market um did you want to reset the market at 40 million or 42 million with jared goff no oh well now do you want to do it at 50 (laughs) like how do you how do you want to make this work because that's that's where that 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 money is going with what you saw with Jalen Hurts getting yesterday. Lamar Jackson still needs a contract. Um, by the time that golf comes up next summer, presuming that the status quo remains that they're not extending him, Joe Burrow's going to get money. Uh, there's a couple other guys who are going to get money. J- Justin Herbert's going to be up for money fairly soon. Like the price tag isn't going to go down, folks. You saw the new TV deal that they're doing with with uh, YouTube TV and the, mm. the, the Sunday ticket and all that. And this is the conundrum that you face if you're the Detroit Lions. Do you extend Jared Goff now and trust that what you saw the last eight to ten games last season, he can sustain that? Or do you hearken back to the two and a half seasons before that where he was maybe the 20th best quarterback in the league, maybe on a good day? And was that the reality of it? And that's... They sure seem like they're intent on letting him play it out. And then if he does prove worth it, they're going to pay whatever they feel he's worth and whatever he might feel he's worth. And if it's $50 million a year, I don't think that they're going to have an issue paying that. Uh, but that's, that's what the season is for. But, and that's, that's what the extension told me, or the lack thereof an extension for Jared Goff tells me, is that, okay, go proof. They, they need to see more proof in the pudding. Like, the, they, they clearly like him. He's clearly not going to be challenged in 2023, but they're keeping their options open for what happens beyond that, both yeah. monetarily and like with what, what Brad and Dana both said about draft picks. Like we might take one, we might take one at six. We might take one at 159. Who knows? That's, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Let me really quick. Thank the general Z. Thank you, sir, for the super sticker. I believe it was a super sticker. The thumbs up. Appreciate you very much for helping support the show. Uh, it really does mean a lot. It helps us out a great deal. I think that not signing Jared, and I'm not saying, I'm not disagreeing with you, but what I think not signing an extension with Jared Goff does is help the smoke around the draft as to what in the heck they're actually going to do. Um, Anthony Richardson is totally on the table. Trading to three is totally on the table. Forcing other teams to make mistakes, pay money, do, you know, pay treasure, do things around the table, or maybe they will do it. Maybe that's why they didn't say, but it just keeps the aura of uncertainty around the Detroit lions. And I think that's, that's part of the plan. I think they want to keep that. I think this year and I, and I expect next year, 
because I believe strategically these are some of the key and most important years in how they build things out and, and that they don't want this information to get out and leaked like it has in the past because it is absolutely imperative to for this team to take the next step. Um, Michael, yes. Michael Gray was talking about it a great deal um, about what the expectations are for this team going, you know, going now, you know, last year coming into the year, it was like, Oh boy, Dan Campbell, you know, he only got a couple wins. Let's see what this means. Let's hope he, they can win six. Yeah. Let's hope they can win six. They can. This year, the expectation I, I, and, and in the slack, it was, it was, it was pretty hardcore. The expectation is a playoff win this year, at least a playoff appearance, but a playoff win is really what is on the table with expectations that high. I mean, things happen, right? People get injured, whatever else, but this is a different team. Interestingly, I think the expectation uh, of a playoff win and, and, and for sure a, a playoff appearance on this team is an absolutely fair expectation for Lions fans to have being how they built this team. So where they are right now, where this team is right now, I think the 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 mystery surrounding the draft is important to them i think the mystery of what they're going to do and with whom is really really important to how they build this team and to help them like with ben johnson as the the oc and the and the in the offense last year was a, a completely unknown to, to people for the team coming out this year that 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 personnel plan is going to be an unknown and that's a strategic advantage for them yeah, I totally agree. At this time last year, we had a lot more questions about any number of positions. And, and this year, this is something that, that I talked about on the huge show yesterday, and we talked about it ourselves, Chris. Be prepared for your first-round picks, both of them, to possibly not be starters as rookies. Like, yep. the team is that solid. Um, it doesn't mean that they can't get better at certain spots, but they're ready to roll right now with what they've got and be a playoff team. And you're, you're just building onto it. And what, what you're drafting this year, the dividends are going to be seen more in 2024 and 2025 when some of the players that we're counting on to be big producers this year aren't here anymore because they've earned their way out of town or there are so many good players that you can't afford to keep them these are problems that good teams have that Detroit has not had. And these are problems that we're going to have to get used to having if we want to be a, a good team. And it's weird. I understand that it's weird. Like I, I had interactions with people today on Twitter that I don't think Jonah Jackson is coming back. And the reason is, is because he's going to be so good that they can't afford to pay him and pay Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown and Panay Sewell and any number of other players who are going to be coming up for extensions in the coming years. Like there's just not enough pie to go around and you got to, you got to prioritize positions. You got to prioritize what's easier to be replaced. And interior offensive line is certainly one of those where it's generally pretty easy to replace it. We just talked about it with Emery with a day three pick. Um, there's, this is a very good interior line class. I just, I literally just got done with my big board at, draft wire which should be posted uh, early tomorrow morning I, I think i have nine guards in the top 150 picks like that's there's some talent there this year yeah. so yeah. I, I yeah um torrance is fantastic but there's there's other dudes too man that, that these are these are interesting and it, it's going to be strange for a lot of longtime fans to think they're taking a guy at number six overall who might play 40% of the snaps on the yep. season instead yep. of playing 90%. But that's the reality of where the Detroit Lions roster is right now, which that's why we have the expectations that we do. And the, the players themselves talked about it this week. They were, they were interviewed on Tuesday. Um, I unfortunately couldn't get over to Allen Park to be there um, and participate in that. But I, I heard Aline, I heard Decker, I heard um, uh, Amon Ra all talk about like, yeah, we we know we we hear the expectations, we feel them, but they're trying to also couch it by saying, you know, hey, we didn't make the playoffs last year, folks. Like we we needed a hell of a rally just to get above 500, and that's great, but we haven't accomplished anything yet. And I like that mindset a lot. But meshing the reality is is that yeah, they they know 
they know they're expected to be the, the reality is they're the bullshit they know <laughs> they know yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know they know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Hey, really quick, wanted to ask everybody out there, please like and subscribe to the show. We ask once per show. We don't bother you with that stuff too much, but please make sure to hit the like button. And if you haven't subscribed, please do that. It's like 45% of the people watching the show these days are not subscribed and they're just finding us. We appreciate it when you subscribe. Please do subscribe to the show and uh, watch what we have. We have some great content coming. We have more coming from uh, Michael Gray, from Scott on the draft, and then uh, leading up to our live draft party next week on Thursday. Michael Gray and Ash and I will be covering the first round. Second round will be Sandman and I. Two days, drinking for dollars, all the fun that we have. We have some other stuff going on as well. Join us. But please, in the meantime, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Help uh, other people find us and help uh, help us grow and keep doing the things that we do. It's it's those things. I need more videos from Scott with his dog. Yeah, that was a great addition. Hundred percent. Um, okay. Um, the quick question here, what is, what in Glasgow's play the last three years gives you confidence that he'll excel at right guard. I live near Denver and watched him and I didn't see it. I don't, I think Graham Glasgow is going to excel as a backup right guard (laughs) and potentially backup center. They're not, they're not expecting him to start. Big V is your starting right guard right now. Yep. As things like he's not, Graham Glasgow is not better than big V, not, not in any sense of the word. Even with Big V missing last year, you go back to 2021, well, Glasgow got hurt that year, so it's tough to compare that. But, like, yeah, the Grand Glasgow that you last saw in Denver, he might not make this team. Like, yeah. that's that's the level of play that we've seen out of Grand Glasgow most recently. So it's not like they're expecting it. To, and if you're penciling him in as a starting right guard, don't. He yeah. is taking over the Evan Brown role. Yeah. Evan yeah. Brown was supposed to be the backup interior lineman. He just happened to play a whole t- a whole lot because Frank Ragnall got hurt one year, Big D got hurt the next year, and he was the guy in that spot. That's Graham Glasgow's role on this team. He's not starting. Nope. And, and that that's regardless of what happens with Big V. I don't I don't think if big, if they figure out that Big V can't start, I don't think they're going to turn to Graham Glasgow. I think they're going to turn to somebody in the draft. Yep. That's um, just my thought. Combat sack with the pertinent questions. Are you guys having a draft watch party? Are we having a draft? Eighth annual, baby. It's the eighth in a row. Eight years of doing our draft party. And uh, you're going to love drinking. It's online, though. It's not not at any one location. Right. It's all done just like this. Virtual draft party for eight years. I forgot about that. The V word. (laughs) Um, Yes, it is. It is live. We will have a great time. It's it's for folks who who are looking for a good time while the draft's on. Uh, Folks send in pictures. They'll have us and the TV, like the NFL Network and the ESPN going to the man cave all at the same time. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. We, we really do have a good time. Riz calls in. He's doing other things with uh, with the radio station, I think, this year again, is it? Uh, no, this year, Draft Wire takes up. So I, I, I am required to write four different things about every draft pick within an hour for every pick in the draft. That's it? Just keep that in mind. When my when you're asking me questions and I don't respond, I'm busy. <laughs> um, really quick, Jody Mansion, do you guys think that our young guys will do well with the pressure and expectations in the burning light of a playoff game? The G- Green Bay game last year gives me hope that they will. I absolutely think so. I think this coaching staff is the right group to get these guys together. I think a lot of teams, you see it a lot in hockey. I, I think you see teams come up their first year and just kind of wilt under the heat of those lights. This coaching staff is such that I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think these guys will be ready to play. Will they win the first Super Bowl they hit? Boy, I hope so. But that, that's the brightest of lights, man. That is the brightest of lights. But I think that they will perform just fine in the playoffs. I don't think that that is what's going to get to them if they have any problems. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe lack of overall well, playoffs are so tough. Like yeah. the better team doesn't always win in the playoffs. We see that every year. Um, and even the better team in the first half of a game doesn't always win. You saw that in Jacksonville and, and the Chargers last year. <laughs> like <laughs> it's so hard to win a playoff game, even if you're the better team. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be because they, because the expectations are too high or the weight of the moment will be too high. I just think it will be execution on that particular day. I don't think I do like the fact that that, that he brought up 
the Green Bay game last year because that was a game they treated it as if they were still playing for something. And the Packers were playing for something and the Lions were not. Right. But the Lions didn't care. They, they went out and they did what they had to do and uh, took care of business and took care of Aaron Rodgers with Kirby just picking off his last pass, which I still love. I still love that, that little tidbit that Aaron Rodgers' last pass was, was caught it? by Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that. I'm tugging at my shirt. I'm not fitting in it anymore. It's sliding all over the place. Um, let's see. Let's let's get on. Let's get to our next topic. How about we do that? We've got a, a, a couple other things we want to cover here today, and that is our voluntary workouts mandatory. <laughs> well, mandatory voluntary yeah, workouts read. are voluntary. <laughs> So yes, <laughs> technically yes. So, of so course, Chris, they're voluntary, right? <laughs> Chris, Chris, I brought this. I brought this to you when we were talking about show topics because I got a lot of people asking me why isn't JMO there? <sighs> it's voluntary. He's not there. The team has zero recourse against him for not being there. There is zero incentive for him to be there. He doesn't get. You don't get paid for voluntary workouts. I will tell you, and I don't know this is the case with JMO, but I know it's the case with a lot of players. Their agents specifically tell them, do not go. It's not worth your time if you've already established yourself on the team. If you're not trying to make the team, like if you're set, do not go. Do not risk it. You don't have to be there. You're not getting paid to be there. Stay the hell away. Again, I don't know that that's what's happened with JMO, but that's. That's not something that's uncommon across a lot of different agents. And uh, his agent happens to be one who has a history of telling players that. I just hate. Look, he could show up and not work out if it's a fear of injury. He could show up and do a lot of things. Having been drafted and, and the treasure spent that they spent on him and, and rarely playing last year. And then the little bit of knocks. Right, that we've heard a little tingle tingle that's going on around out there. He would have done himself a world of favors showing yes. up. Yes. And if I'm it would have been much better if he did. <laughs> yes. If I'm his agent, 100%. I'm saying show up and do the walkthroughs. Just do the walkthroughs. Just be there. Be part of the team. This Just is your year to show up and be a leader in the wide receiver room. This is your year to be the guy to show up and, and really like you and Amon Ra connect as players and really oh. lead and be, and uh, not saying, not saying, but he didn't do it. And I, I just, just really, had, it, it, I, I like the guy. I have a lot of high hopes. I want him to be successful. Of course, of course, of course. But man, arrows are just not pointing up on that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. Um, and, and the thing, one of the things that really stood out to me was Amon Ra talking about how much Marvin Jones has helped him in two days, like how much he's learned from Marvin just being around him. Like Amon Ra isn't the one young wide receiver that we're worried about needing to learn those things. It's J-Mo. Yeah. Um, now, now maybe, maybe J-Mo will pick that up from Marvin on his own. We don't know that he's not, but we don't know that he is. And if he was in Detroit, we wouldn't have these questions and it's a missed opportunity for JMO and it's not the best look, but again, it's voluntary. He's not the only guy who isn't there and he's not the only guy who's a recent draft pick that has pretty high expectations for him around the league that isn't at voluntary workouts. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta not emphasize the word voluntary enough. If I were in his shoes, would I be there? You damn well better believe I'd be there. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. I I'm not gonna hold it against him, just just a, just a little that he I'm chose a, not to. I think that's a tactical error on his part more than it's him blowing off the lines or saying no, yeah. I don't need to be there. Like it's it's. I think it's just a. I don't think he understands the perception of him that way. Is my or take. cares or cares? It's it's worse if he doesn't care or might not care. <laughs> and, and and if he doesn't care, like, apathy is a very yeah. dangerous road to go down. Yeah, especially early, especially with where you're, where you're at. So, yeah, all right, we'll that, see what that, this means. That's a, lot, that's a whole lot of Nick Fairley um, scare with me on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and don't want it, 
right? But it's just it's just like little chips away at the stone that are kind of starting to craft that narrative a little harder. So hopefully he comes out and, bla- and breaks it. I hope hopefully he comes out this season. Uh, training camp hits. Uh, OTAs hit and he just breaks that narrative in a million pieces. Would love it. Would absolutely love it. And 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 good to go. Um, you know, certainly I remember can. I remember when Sue <laughs> wouldn't show can. up. Yeah. I, I remember when Sue wouldn't yeah. show up, but he was somewhere else working out. And he was working out with his yeah. people. And he came in and he destroyed things. And everyone was like, I'm not worried that Sue isn't here because he goes and works out and he destroys things. So this could be just the yeah. first year of seeing JMO do it, doing it his way. Now, there was a picture right. that came out of the guys out in the West coast, throwing the ball, doing some stuff, uh, a group picture. And I, 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 I heard it. I was traveling. I like saw it and scrolled past, but I didn't look at individually. Who's there was JMO in that picture. Was he there with them? Don't remember either. Uh, I, I don't like believe so. You know, you know what? I think he, I think he was somebody in the chat. will, will obviously understand yeah. that question, but uh, I, I'll just point out. Uh, I covered Jarvis Landry, who was a very talented wide receiver. He, never showed up at voluntary things and there was never any question that he was getting his work done um consummate professional and uh so again i yes yes he was a lot of yeses thank you everybody okay yeah okay good yeah he was yeah and there there was some confusion i I remember now people couldn't figure out if it was quintus ephus or maurice alexander um it was mo Yeah. Oh, here it is. The knock was he didn't wrap his arms around his teammates like the rest did. I'm I, always something nitpick. Yeah, fam, man. I, that stuff doesn't bother me, right? But the thing, your actions are, are what it is. I'm very much a team person. If I'm on a team, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the team thing. That's that's where I'm after. Uh, we were watching hockey last night. I had a little bit of money on the on the uh, lightning and uh thankfully i've got a, ni- a nice plus 150 return on that money so that was <laughs> that was a good win um but it's one of those things where like watching some of the dirty hits i i, the, I was i was i was talking to my son i was like always when we would play i was the team guy if somebody did that i was kind of like the probert that would go out and i would throw the bigger elbow on the guy that threw the elbow right which is why it's not it's not the only reason but it's one of the reasons why i i recognize that a lot of organized sports weren't for me because i took the team super to heart and took that role very much as as my role um so yeah that's just You're Joey uh, Koser. that's yeah. great <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so it's like it's it's one of those things where I, I just really would like you know would like to see someone just inculcate themselves into the team but if they come in they show up you know they're talking about Sue he was there he did the whole thing so we're, we're okay just be just be your guy and perform if you perform that's that's more important than anything else um not anything else but it's, it's, I'm, it's I'm, uh, not, I'm not I'm not I'm not the least bit worried that JMO will not perform when the lights come on and the games matter. I'm, yep. I'm not worried about that at all. I'm really yep. not. Yep. 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 Uh, I, hello. Hello. I, I also did Chris reason for all the implants. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get into the next one. Um, so just for the topic, our voluntary workouts mandatory. They don't have to be, no. but, sh- but for, maybe some people should make them that way for themselves. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about realistic options at number six and number 18, Riz. And yes. I saw, look, you guys know how into Darnell Wright I am. And and I and the, the Osiris Torrance thing, again, he, I'm, I'm, my last visual is, is, is really strong for these guys because I think of the senior bowl as that last football playing opportunity, last chance to put tape up and show who you are and you're playing against, you know, elevated competition at that part in a place where you're unfamiliar with the team around you. It puts you in a unique situation as a player. And and Torrance didn't jump out. He didn't do what I thought he would do there. Explosive guy. Yeah. He, you know, he's got the the hips, he's got the he's got the junk in the trunk to to push people around. And he's a big boy and all those things, but it, he wasn't bad, right? But he just didn't. No, no, he was not. He, he wasn't. <laughs> he he would. So I, I I dare say that the dude from Chattanooga, uh, McClendon Curtis, mm-hmm. was his equal in Mobile. McClendon yeah. Curtis is a fifth, sixth round pick. Now may, maybe it's because you're doing one on one drills, and and that's not what Torrance thrives at. But uh, he yeah, Wright was clearly the better player there um uh the minnesota center schmitz was clearly better than torrance down there 
like that guy, my God, he put on a show yeah. down there. Yep. Yep. Um, and like, I, I still think Osiris Torrance is going to be a very good plug and play starting right guard specifically for the exact type of scheme that the Detroit Lions run with Hank Fraley as their coach. They run that power gap blocking scheme where you don't have to be super mobile. You just have to be able to beat the bleeping tar out of the guy that's in front of you. And Osiris Torrance did that against everybody. By the way, he did that to Jalen Carter head-to-head. He put him on his butt a lot more. Uh, Carter got a half tackle and one pressure in that game. Did not get a sack, and uh, Torrance was credited with three pancakes in that game. I will freely admit, I don't know if he got all three of those against Carter, if any of them were. But uh, that's, I'm, I still think he's a top 20 player on my board. And if they take him at 18, I'm not going to complain. Darnell Wright, same way. Top 20 kind of player. Uh, he shown shine on you crazy diamond at the, uh, at the, at the senior bowl. Just, just a, a, a friggin' bulldozer, right? I mean, so many run plays. He was in the secondary before the, <laughs> before the running back was my guy. My guy was just manhandling out there. Another guy. I think that's, you know, that, his, his that balance when he was running, Chris Darnell Wright's balance yeah. for his yeah. size and his gait was unreal. Uh, it, it's, it's, I don't want to compare him to Joe Thomas because that's not fair to anybody. Yeah, but yeah. like Walter Jones, I, I mean, the, the guys that he moves like and engages in space like are that caliber of player. Doesn't mean that Darnell is going to be that, but you, the thing that I really like about him, he wasn't great right away at Tennessee. It took him some time. It took him about two and a half years before it really clicked for him. And you saw it sort of at the end of 2021. And then he came back into 2022 and reminded you why he was one of the top 10 recruits in the country. And it didn't work for him right away. And he found whatever, like the coaching stability that they have there, the offense that they put him in, the scheme that they asked him to do, it clicked for him, which means you don't have to worry about that growth. Like he doesn't have to adjust. Like he's ready. Mm-hmm. He's had that. He's had the doldrums and overcome them. Um, I'm, I, I'm very, very bullish on him. He is my number one offensive lineman in the draft. He is a top 10 overall player for me. Um, and I will say if the Lions want him, they better get him at six because he ain't going to be there at 18. Uh, he might not be there at 10. And I don't think the Lions are going OL to the third I don't round. Either. I don't think they're I don't going either. OL to the third round. I think they're going to get themselves a real solid guard. And uh, that's that's where they're going to be. Cody, you know, like a Cody Mock kind of guy. Uh, something in that kind of space. Love his teeth. God, I love my guy. (laughs) He's see, I think he's a center. And I will tell you, I know that's your backup. Yeah, I'm that's true. I know a couple of NFL teams that view him as their starting center in 2023. And that's going to happen before the third round. (laughs) (laughs) So if that's their plan, they better have, they better have a plan B. Um, One guy that I wanted to ask Emery about, but unfortunately didn't have time. Uh, Robert Evans out of Arkansas Pine Bluff is a uh, a guy that I know the Lions have spent a lot of time with. They had him in for a visit. He's an HBCU guy. UAPB is not exactly the football mecca of the world. Um, I've been there. I've seen a game there, believe it or not. And mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's not a place that you go to on purpose. Yeah. Uh, but he's got some really good tape uh, from what I've seen. And uh, the last UAPB player that, that came out was, was former Browns punter, now with the Giants, Jamie Gillen. A white guy, a Scotsman, who went to a HBCU and made the NFL. <laughs> I think there's a lot of talk right now. One of the things I'll, I'll, I've kind of landed on in my head is six is such an awkward six spot to pick this year. And it winds up, yeah. I mean, it feels like we're always in this weird spot. Ever since we picked Ebron, like we've always been at this little gappy spot in the draft. And I'm, I'm kind of this year, I'm like, you know what? Picking Darnell right there. It's early. Park, picking a, a cornerback there, it's, it's a little bit early. Um, picking a whole bunch of people, it's a little bit early. But that's where you pick. You know what I mean? And guess what? Now you get likely the cornerback you want or the offensive lineman you want or the name your position that you want other than quarterback uh, and potentially defensive end. Uh, potentially. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. Not, not in stone, but potentially. 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 Yeah. But just about any other position – you get the best guy in the draft. 
So while it's an odd spot where the t- where the talent is, there's no problem with getting a guy that would maybe go tenth normally at sixth and being and just knowing you got the best guy at that position, you move on. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Now, look, do you always want to thread the needle and get the very very best exact guy at that position that you draft? Yeah. But sometimes you get this weird hump in the talent or dip in the talent where your pick is. And that's kind of what it feels like we're dealing with. We'll see how things fall. I'm not worried about it. If we go cornerback, we're going to have the best cornerback in the in the, in the the draft. I trust Brad Holmes to do that. If we go offensive line, we're going to have the best offensive lineman in the draft. I trust Brad Holmes to do that. Um I don't. I can't call it a reach if there's a little bit of a valley in the talent. You know what I mean? And you just move and you go on. I I wouldn't be too concerned about what position you necessarily take at six. I would agree, and uh, I think the most realistic options to to go back to the the question that we asked. I think Devon Witherspoon is certainly one of the top options. I think if it's offensive tackle, I think Darnell Wright is probably the only offensive lineman they would consider there. I have been led to believe that they do not view Peter Skaronsky in that light. Yeah. yeah. I could be wrong there, but I've been led to believe that they don't see him that way. I don't uh, like you I in that way this. kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah kind of. Um, <laughs> it, and by the way, I don't think they're alone in that. I think he is one of the players that you will watch next Thursday that could be on the board a lot longer than you might think. Not saying that that's going to happen. But don't be surprised if he's still there when the Lions pick at 18. And don't be surprised if they don't take him there either. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. It's the, the offensive linemen are, this is a really good tackle class. Uh, the league likes it better than the media does, is, is what I've been told by a lot of different. So I spend this time of year, especially my, wearing my new hat at DraftWire, in trying to find out what the league perception is. And the league perception on guys like Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, um, uh, who's the, I can see him. Um, uh, anyway, they like him more than I think the, the, the overall media has generally liked them throughout this process. And I think when you, when you hear like what Dan Brugler did with the Beast and what he did with his, his recent mock draft, and when you hear what, what Daniel Jeremiah, who's doing a conference call tomorrow, that I will be part of, you're going to hear those names brought up in a light of they're going to be gone by 18, where we didn't necessarily think that even a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And Skaronsky, I think, is going to be one of those guys that is going the other direction. Another one of those guys is Christian Gonzalez, because it's yeah. really, it's almost universal now that it's come out that he's just not a kneecap fighter. Um, and, but not even like, not to that level. Like, like, yeah. And, and I got this. So again, I, I transcribed his combine interview. I stood in front of him and watched him and I heard all the questions and just the way that he handled it and the way that he talked about football. It's a job to him. That's not, that's not a Dan Campbell thing. I know, I know he's been slotted there by people, by mock, mock drafters that you all trust. I'm going to tell you again, I, I said it at the top of the show, I don't know what they're going to do. I would be very, very surprised if they take Christian Gonzalez. He just doesn't seem like the type of player that they want when a guy like Devon Witherspoon or Joey Porter or Deontay Banks are going to be available with them with one of their other first-round picks, either 6 or 18. Yeah. I think he would be fourth. I'm not even sure that he would be fourth on their list, quite frankly. And and I felt that way about Skronsky all along. And that's why I haven't talked about him a really? whole, whole lot. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people have been really high on him. I've just. He's, I a, he's a good player. Yeah. No, no, no. No he's question. Good. I just didn't feel it. I didn't feel like he was as high as everybody was ranking him. Right. Um, I, I just didn't see him there. It was it was just me. And it was there's there's I'll admit there's gut involved in 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 that thinking and where I was on him. And it's it just it just it, it just is. And, and I didn't see that same thing with Gonzalez. And it's exactly that. It's that. That lack of appetite, right? That that that, that not really being super hungry. Um, I, I, it, he's going to be a good player. Maybe he'll be a great player, right? I mean, he he has the talent, he has the skills, he has the athleticism, yes, but he um, yes, the, he the, the drive. And when you talk, like the question that came in earlier, right, is will they wilt under those lights? A guy with yeah. the drive, a guy that has that hunger is a guy that has less likelihood to wilt under the lights as a rookie. And a lot of people believe that this team is starting its run right now. 
this the the the, the team is making its its run starting now. Yeah, yeah. And you want guys that are that kind of hungry in their rookie year because that's going to get them to pl- they'll be playing hopefully with that hunger at a level above where they would if they were just playing the game because it's a job. So that's what you're looking for. That's what you're uh that's what you're shooting at. So We'll see. We're just a week away. We've got a draft, our mock draft on Saturday. That's gonna be that's gonna be a fun one. Um, people got all shook up when uh, we talked about Richardson going first overall in the mock draft with uh, with Scott and uh, and Ross Russell. But you know what? There's a whole lot of talk after that of Richardson maybe going number one. A lot of like the, the media kind of came around to that idea. They watched our show. They said, you know what? There's something to this. This analysis <laughs> is is on. And then this is this is ebb in the flow, right? But uh, it was interesting. So we'll have another mock. We're a week away now. Things are closer. Things are are cleaner. Uh, a lot to talk about. It's going to be really, really, really interesting. Um, so we got to wrap this up fairly quickly because my daughter doesn't need to be standing outside. But uh, a couple things. All the debate we're having about Jalen Carter, I think it's moot. I don't think he's going to be there at six. I think he's going four or five. And I think that all this debate that we've had for months is going to be completely pointless. And I'm not going to engage in much of it anymore because I will tell you, I have done three um, team things where, where I'm – I've done one with the New York Giants. I've done one with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I've done one with the Houston Texans where they pull writers from all different places. All three Seahawks writers said they're taking Jalen Carter. That's the literally the only unanimous pick of the top five that all three have gone for. That, that includes number one, by the way, where it's two for Bryce Young and one for C.J. Stroud. Yep. Um, that's the only one. So I'm going to be surprised if Jalen Carter is there at five or at six. And all this talk that we've gone and you know, will the Lions take him? Will they take him? It doesn't matter. Yep. It's 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 a rotten banana. Doesn't yep. matter. Really quick, uh, if Bryce or Stroud falls to six, the Lions should consider QB. If Stroud's there, I'm all over the Lions oh, yeah. taking Stroud as this is their quarterback at, at number six. I personally would trade up for him. They're yeah. not going to, but no. I would. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, he's I, my I number one so. overall player. Yep. Uh, and, and I said this in the Slack, and people looked at me crazy, but. Uh, he compares favorably to Andrew Luck to me as a prospect. Very similar style. I think I think his ball placement on intermediate throws and in tight windows is better than Andrew Luck's was. Yep. And that's that's where I'm at on Stroud. He's he's my number one overall player. And if the Lions can get him at six, please all day. get him. All day. Please. He's the one guy <laughs> that I'm all in on. He's the one guy that I'm all in on. Like if they traded to three for him, I'd be okay with it. I'm good. I would be with okay that. with it, but he's yep. the one guy. The I don't one think guy. that's going to happen. I, no. I, I, I can't no. say that it won't happen, but I, I'd be really surprised if it does. But I would yeah. be, I yep. would be ecstatic. I would, I would not be capable of wearing pants for some time. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's go to the last topic really quick, Riz. It's a quick one. Uh, the Detroit Lions were the most secure with the ball in 2022 in that with each teams with turnovers, the lions had the fewest at 15. And I know there's a lot of talk about golf and his 360 no scope throws and that sort of thing. But we were at the bottom of the list, the fewest turnovers in the NFL last year. There is a lot to be said about a team that plays in that way. That's, that's a very secure, efficient way to play football. And that's, that really, really bodes well for how this offense is working, how these players are working. And um, I, I hope obviously that they carry this going forward. Cause that's a, that's a heck of a stat. Yeah, it is now turnover from year to year is, is inherently volatile. It's something that can change quickly. They were, I think they were 30th in 2021. I want to yep. say yep. Um, they were near the bottom. But you, you saw just how quickly, like, going from that to the best, like, how it improved their win total. And they, they, they were negative. I want to say after the New England game, they were either even or minus one in turnover differential. And then they wound up going, like, way the heck higher on it. Yep. It's actually all, it's, and it's easier to protect the ball yourself than it is to steal the ball from the other team. Yeah. <laughs> and that, the, give, the giveaways, is less volatile than the takeaways. Like the, the some team that got 14 takeaways last year could get 30 next year. Yeah. And some team that got 35 last year will get 15 this coming year and they'll lose four more games because of it. And predicting that is impossible. 
But yeah. the, the part that you can control is your own ball security, and the Lions do an exceptional job at that. And I do think that's going to carry. Now, it's, uh, it's absurd to think that Jared Goff is going to continue this interceptionless streak. Absurd. But is he going to be in the top 10 in fewest interceptions? Absolutely, he can do that. Yeah. And if he does that, the Lions are still going to be in a very good spot. He can be top 10 in a whole lot of spaces. If he continues to play and things work the way they have for him, yep. he could he could again be a top 10 quarterback. And then you get really tricky with your conversations about what do you want to do a quarterback? He, he makes it very, very difficult. And if he has a year like that, uh, this is going to be a, an interesting year on so many levels for the Detroit Lions. And it really is going to be pivotal. I mean, we talk about the window is, is, is being pushed open. It's, it's, it's not only opening, but it's being pushed open by the, by the team. Um, this is, this becomes that big question mark because if golf plays well, then you're like, dun, dun, dun. Like now the window's cracked even further, right? Cause he's played well. And now you truly have a decision to make. Now you have some serious uh, some questions and and how how are you going to build your team? Are you going all in with him at the quarterback? Are you 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 going to spend your money on the line and some other things to go young at the quarterback? It, it, it it's it's going to be it's going to be a wild these are, ride. These brother. are these are conversations I'm looking forward to having that Jared Goff makes us have them. Yeah, because he yeah. can. He absolutely can. Yeah, I pray to God that he does because yeah. then we're having then at this point next year we're talking about we can trade our first round pick away and stash it for later and, and you know push it down the road and then you don't have the financial obligations. Then if you don't have a first round pick, that's, that's a fairly serious financial commitment. You can pay that to your existing players and spread that out. Instead of having to use it in the rookie pool, there are advantages to doing that. There are advantages to the reasons why they did the restructure with Jack Fox, why they have 27 million. I want to say in cap room right now that it appears they have no intent of using whatsoever. Um, They can roll that over. And being able to roll that over means that you can pay Jared Goff more up front, which means that you can fit more people in beyond that. Is that their plan? Maybe. That's a good one. Let's hope so. That's a good one. It is a good one. And and, and if things work that way, that's that's how you do it? Wonderful. Great planning. Love it. Another win. Uh, last question. It would suck if we we're missing a first in 2024 with the draft in Detroit. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't think that's one of the one of the reasons. I don't think they would so forego trading. Did that. The Bears yeah. did that in 20s. The, the year where it was super cold. I think that was 16. They didn't yeah. have a first round pick and the draft was in Chicago. And it was indeed a, quite a bummer. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't think that the the marketing bent of Brad Holmes is that way that they, the Lions would, would do that. I, it's just one more reason why I don't think that they're going to trade away anything with next year's first round pick. All right. With that, let's call it a show, Riz. I know you got to fly. Thank you, everybody. Don't forget, we've got – I'd love – hit us in the comments about the quick hits. We've been hitting you guys with a lot of the audio and the video stuff on, on YouTube. Love to get your feedback on that. Let us know in the comments, either live or down below in the in the, in the the thing below. Um but remember, don't forget us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You get access to the Slack chat if you donate as little as $5 a month. Tons of channels in in, in the, t- the 20s, 30s of channels of all kinds of content to get into. Great conversations, great people. Um, also, don't forget about us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, and at Jeff Risden. As you see there, we're always pants free on Twitter because that's the only way to be on Twitter. Um, also, don't forget we have our show on saturday the mock draft uh got a lot of stuff coming up in our live eighth annual virtual draft party live 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 for two days the first day and the second and third round on the second day round uh tra- uh draft i'll have that all going on it's great it was called a skype detroit lions podcast all one word or calls the lions line at 248-782-8384 248-rub you fug leave a message we'll get it and be sure to go to detroitlionspodcast.com subscribe to the podcast so we can do what riz so I can come into your ear holes automatically. That's right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connections. Y'all in a little bit. Final seconds winding down. And look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.